0: The first chapter and the 18th verse, if you need a Bible, our ushers will be glad to loan you one of ours. The scriptures, of course, are on the screens, but there's just something good about having a Bible and opening it. And so if you don't have one with you, you can raise your hands real high and our ushers will loan you one of ours. And we just ask you to leave them on the seat so we can use them again next time. First Corinthians, the first chapter and the 18th verse, of course... Today we're going to be receiving communion. We receive communion here at Summit Church about once every six weeks, give or take. And today happens to be a day that we're receiving communion. So uh, I want to talk to you today, share a message with you that pertains to communion. I want to talk to you today about the old rugged cross. The old rugged cross. You know, I think of the lyrics of the first verse of that song. It goes like this, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Where the dearest and the best, Jesus himself, for a world of lost sinners was slain. And I thank God today for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 says this, the message of the cross, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Now how many of you would like to have the power of God in your life? How many of you would like to experience the power of God? Well, you cannot experience the power of God apart from the message of the cross. If the the message of the cross is not being preached and not being declared and not being centered in on, then you cannot have the power of God. You cannot, no one has ever been able to experience the power of God apart from the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message of the cross is the power of God. But to fully understand the statement that the message of the cross is the power of God, we must look at what happened upon that old rugged cross some 2,000 years ago. Now in Isaiah, the 52nd chapter and the 14th verse, Isaiah, the 52nd chapter and the 14th verse says this. Because you see, Isaiah is going to give us a picture. He will give us a picture here in this one verse of what happened on the cross. So let's look at the picture and then we'll look at the, the more details or the x-rays, if you will. How many of you know a picture gives you a, 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 an image of something, but then you can look at the x-rays and get behind the scenes. So let's look at the picture and then we'll have some verses of scripture to to look more thoroughly at what happened there at the cross. But let's look at this picture here of what happened on the old rugged cross. Isaiah 52, 14 uh, The Spirit of God says through Isaiah the prophet, just as many were astonished at you. That's talking about Jesus on the cross. So his visage, or his appearance, if you will, was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Now, that's an awesome statement right there. But let's look at it in the Amplified version. That will be on the screen for you. In the Amplified Bible... It says it like this. For many, the servant of God that's talking about Jesus became an object of what? An object of horror. To look at Jesus upon the cross, an object of horror. Many were astonished at him. His face and his whole appearance were marred more than any man's. And his form beyond that of the sons of men but just as many were astonished at him. To see Jesus on the cross, it would have been, it would have been just unbelievably horrific to look at. Notice uh, this, now I don't believe we have this on the, on the screen, but listen to this in, in uh, another uh, translation. The Living Bible says it this way. Yet many shall be amazed when they see him. Yes, even far, far off foreign nations and their kings, they shall stand dumbfounded, it's dumbfounded if you if we got to look at Jesus on the cross we'd all be dumbfounded speechless in his presence for they shall see and understand what they had not been told before they shall see my servant beaten and bloodied beaten and bloodied so disfigured one would scarcely know it was a person standing there so shall he cleanse many nations To see Jesus upon the cross, he would have been unrecognizable as a man. Unrecognizable. An object of horror. Now that we've looked at the picture, now let's look at some other scripture that gives us an x-ray, if you will, or more details of what was happening on the cross. Now hold your place in Isaiah, but go to Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13, notice... Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says this, Galatians 3.13, Christ, talking about Jesus, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, or we could say who hangs on. On a cross. Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. Having become a curse. For us. See Jesus on the cross. uh, he, He bore the curse. For us. You see when Adam sinned in the garden of Eden. And he and Eve sinned. They introduced the curse. Upon mankind. But Jesus came as our substitute. And he went to that cross, and on that cross, he bore the curse for each and every one of us. And as a result, the Bible says here, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, that word redeemed means to purchase back, or we could say it this way, to set us free. And so Jesus has set us free from the curse of the law. I'm so grateful that he has. You see, Adam sold us out to the devil. Jesus came and redeemed us. He came and purchased us back. Notice in Isaiah 53 verse 4. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4. Let's go back there. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Notice what was happening upon the cross. Jesus was bearing the curse for us. He was setting us free from that curse. He was purchasing us back from the powers of darkness. Now in Isaiah 53 verse 4 says this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. That's what was going on upon the cross, he was bearing our griefs, carrying our sorrows, he, he was bearing our sins, our iniquities, our transgressions, the chastisement of our peace, see, see the transgressions and iniquities there have to do with the spirit realm, you understand that you're a spirit being, you possess a soul and you live in that physical body, you understand that, Spirit, soul, and body. And in verse 5 here, we see Jesus covering us, taking care of us in all, all three of those areas. Spiritually, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, you see. That has to do with the spirit, the spirit being, our spirits, you see. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That has to do with our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. He covered us there. And then by his stripes, we are healed. That has to do with our physical. Physical body. Aren't you glad that on the cross, Jesus has set us free from sin. He set us free from oppression and he set us free from sickness. Amen. Yes, amen, amen. And in that is the power of God. Peter said it this way, said it this way, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree or on the cross. And then he goes on to say, by whose stripes we are healed. You see, we've noticed the words, again, I want to say, sins, transgressions, iniquities. Whenever you see that in the Bible, sins, transgressions, iniquities, you need to think about something and you need to think about it real quick. You need to think about the blood of Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? Whenever you see the word sins or transgressions or iniquities, you need to think about the blood of Jesus and get real thankful for that blood. Because the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And Jesus shed his blood upon the cross so that we could be cleansed from all sin. A shedding of blood on the cross and a breaking of the body. How many of you know when we receive communion, we talk about the breaking of the body? Let's don't ever leave that out. We're going to talk primarily about the blood here this morning. But you know what? I'm glad that his body was broken as well. Because at the same time that Jesus bore our sins, he also bore our sickness and carried our disease. As his body was broken up there upon that cross, it was for our physical well-being. He bore our sickness and carried our disease so that we can be free from sickness and disease. How many of you want the healing power of God in your life? Well, if you want the healing power of God, you must go to the cross. You can't get to the healing power of God any other way except through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't bypass that cross to get to the healing power of God. The healing power of God is found upon that old rugged cross. Not only do we find the healing power of God on that old rugged cross, but we also, and more importantly, we find the forgiveness of sins. And the reason we find the forgiveness of sins on the cross is because that's where Jesus shed his blood for you and for me. So let's take a look here at some of the verses of Scripture that talk about the blood of Jesus. notice Colossians 114 Colossians 114 Colossians 114 notice this Colossians 114 in whom we have notice this in whom we have there's that word again, what is that word It's what was what it? Redemption in whom in Jesus we have redemption through his what? His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Hear that? It's through the blood. It's through the blood of Jesus. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Notice verse 20 here. Colossians 1.20 And by him, that's talking of Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the what? The blood of his cross. What do you mean he made peace? You see, mankind was at enmity with God. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, we became enemies of God. You need to realize that we were cut off from the life of God, and mankind was, was at enmity. It's very clear with God. Did you notice when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angels showed up, told the shepherds, said, "Peace on earth, goodwill." Toward men. Didn't say goodwill among men. Said goodwill what? Toward men. That was, that was a heavenly message coming from God that as a result of what Jesus would do some 33 and a half years later, there would then come peace between man and God. And that's all found in what Jesus did on the old rugged cross. He made peace through the blood of his cross. He made peace between God and God. And you, he made peace between God and me. I don't know about you, but I'm just so thankful for the blood of the cross of Christ. You cannot know God apart from that blood. You cannot approach God apart from that blood the blood of jesus notice in colossians 2:14 the next chapter colossians 2 just one chapter over verse 14 notice what happened on that old rugged cross having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us did you know that there were a handwriting of requirements that was against you and against me There was a handwriting of requirements that that those Ten Commandments that none of us in and of ourselves could keep. And when we broke them, we're at enmity with God. and, And those requirements are against us. But you see, Jesus came... And notice what the Bible goes on to say. He has taken it, what? Out of the way, having done what? Nailed it to the cross. How many of you are glad that the handwriting of requirements that was against you and me, Jesus came and took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Amen? that handwriting of requirements that said that we've sinned and come short of the glory of God and we must spend an eternity in a devil's hell Jesus came and he died upon that cross he bore the curse for us and the handwriting of ordinances that said that you and I had to go to hell he came in as our substitute as our savior and he stepped in there and he took the handwriting of those requirements that were against us and he nailed it to the cross he took them out of the way never to be remembered against us again praise God Hallelujah. Glory to God. That excites me. I don't know about you. Romans 5 8. Romans 5 8. Go there. Romans 5 8. Notice this. Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. You know there's one thing to say you love somebody, but there's another thing to demonstrate it and show it. God doesn't just do the talking, he does the walking. He demonstrated his own love toward us. How did he do it? In that while we were still sinners, Christ did what? He, he died. died for us. Where did he die for us at? On the, on the cross, on the old rugged cross. God demonstrates. See, when you see Jesus upon that cross, yes, you'd see an object of horror, as we read a moment ago. But you also see God's love in demonstration. He demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse nine, much more than having been justified by his what? By his blood. The word justified, if you don't know what that means, let me tell you, it means this, to be declared righteous. You see, you can't work And become righteous. You can't do enough good deeds to become righteous. You can't attend church enough to become righteous. You can't give enough money in the offering to become righteous. You can't sing loud enough in the worship service to become righteous. You can't clean the bathroom floors in the in the house of God enough to become righteous. Can you say amen? Amen. That just means so be it. You can't. The only way to become righteous is to repent of your sins and surrender yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and invite him into your life. And at that moment, the blood of Jesus goes into operation and wash spiritually, washes you clean and you become justified. Or we'll say it this way. God declares you righteous. Amen. He couldn't do that if it wasn't for the blood. But thank God there is the blood and as a result of that blood being shed we've be, be, we've been declared righteous By almighty God. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we tap into that righteousness. We tap into that justification. I want to say it again. When we repent of our sins. And surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here again verse 9. much more than having now been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. What does that mean? We'll be saved from wrath through him. I, you know what? I'm one preacher that's not going to stop teaching and telling you that there is a hell. I said there is a hell. I said there is a hell. And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, you and I'd be going there some sometime. Did you hear me? But thank God there is the blood of Jesus. And it's that blood that keeps us out of a devil's hell. I'm just so happy about the blood of Jesus today. How about you? Glory to God. We'll be saved from hell through him. You see, it's the cross of Jesus Christ that stands between you and hell. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that stands between you and hell. And I'm just so grateful that there is a cross. I'm so grateful that there is an old rugged cross. I'm so grateful that it's stained with the blood of the precious one. How about you? That keeps us out of a devil's hell. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Notice in Ephesians, the second chapter and the 13th verse. Notice this, Ephesians 2, 13. But now in Christ Jesus, but now, see, now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by what? By the blood of Christ. See, there was a day we were far away from God, lost and undone in our sins, but Jesus came and he died upon the cross and shed his blood. And as we receive Jesus into our hearts, then that blood brings us near to God. We've been brought near to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Notice 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter 1.18. Notice. Boy, there's a lot of scriptures on the blood. 1 Peter one eighteen. Notice this knowing that you were not, 1 Peter 1.18, knowing this, that you were not, what's that next word? Redeemed. redeemed. What does that mean? That means to be set free or it means to be purchased back. We were not purchased. That's, that, redeemed, there actually, here as it sits in this passage, would probably be better rendered purchased. Knowing that you were not purchased with corruptible things. We were not redeemed or purchased with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers. But what were we redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, we were bought with a price. Bought back. From the powers of darkness. Bought back from the powers of sin. Bought back from having to go to to a devil's hell. How? Through what? Through the precious blood of Christ. There's another scripture that says, you're bought with a price. I believe it's in the Corinthians. You're bought with a price and you are not your own. Notice we weren't bought with silver or gold. Did you know that There's gates of pearl in heaven, but God couldn't use the gates of pearl to purchase us back. Did you know that the streets in heaven are paved with gold, but he couldn't use that gold to purchase us back? It took the most costly thing of all, that precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're bought with a price, the Bible says, and we are not our own. This is one reason I believe that the message of the cross has so many enemies. Did you know there's a scripture in the Bible in the New Testament that talks about enemies of the cross? And there's much I could say about people who are enemies of the cross. I'm not an enemy of the cross. You can see that this morning. I'm preaching to you about the cross of Christ. But there are those who are enemies of the cross. Much I could say about that. But I will say this, I believe that one reason that the message of, a cro- of the cross has so many enemies is, that is this. To acknowledge the cross of Christ is to acknowledge that you are no longer your own. To acknowledge the cross of Christ is to acknowledge that you can't do anymore what you want to do. To acknowledge the cross of Christ is to acknowledge that you have completely and totally sold yourself out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you've become, instead of a slave of sin, now you've become a slave or a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And do you know there's a whole lot of people that just don't want to say that they don't belong to themselves. There's just a whole lot of people that want to be their own Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be my own Lord. To be your own Lord, to do your own thing, puts you where, puts you in hell. But the reason that this message of the cross, one reason that, that it has so many enemies, is that to acknowledge the cross, is to acknowledge that you are no longer your own, is to acknowledge that you now Belong to God, and He's calling the shots, and you're taking the orders. He's doing the talking, and you're doing the listening. And there's a whole lot of people that don't want to do that. I'm one that I want to do that. I'll shut my mouth, and I'll listen to God and let Him tell me whatever He wants to tell me. I'm going to do it. How about you? Amen. Amen. Praise God. In Hebrews, the ninth chapter, in the 12th verse, let's go there. Here's another good scripture on the blood. Hebrews 9, 12, let's go there. Not with the blood of goats and calves. See, we just said the pearly gates of heaven and the gold streets couldn't do it, couldn't buy us back. Now we see that in Hebrews 9, 12, not with the blood of goats and calves. See, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of shedding of blood of of the animals in the Old Testament. You see, God... Use the blood of the animals in the Old Testament to cover sin. Year after year, year after year, year after year. But the blood of the animals could not deal with sin in that it it couldn't obliterate it and do away with it and wash it away. It could just cover it. But if something is covered, it can be what? Uncovered. So God used the blood of the animals in the Old Testament to cover the sins of the people on a yearly basis until he could get Jesus into the earth and shed his blood on that old rugged cross. And you see, the blood of Jesus does something that the blood of the animals could never do. The blood of the animals just covered sin year after year. The blood of Jesus doesn't just cover sin. The blood of Jesus obliterates it and washes it, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west didn't say north from the south, it said east from the west. If you go north, eventually you'll meet south. If you go south, eventually you'll meet north. But if you go east, you never run into west. If you go west, you never run into, into east. You see, the blood, of, the, blood of the, the blood of the animals, we could say, wash sin as far as, as the north is away from the south. But you see, the blood of Jesus washes sin as far away as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Amen. That's, that excites me. That just excites me. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place. That was after he was raised from the dead. You know, I'm glad Jesus died on the cross, but how many of you know he didn't stay dead? How many of you know three days later he arose from the dead? Amen. Praise God. Sure he did. But notice this, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal what? There's that word again, and it's eternal. Now watch this. Now the Bible's just gonna tell you what I just said a moment ago. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more? Real loud say how much more? Yeah, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Did you notice what the Bible says there that the blood of, of Jesus does? It doesn't just wash away sins. It does that, but it also cleanses your conscience. So you don't have to have a sin consciousness anymore. You can have a righteousness consciousness. See, the blood of Jesus, we read a moment ago, it justifies us. And I like the little play on words justified. It, it, the blood of Jesus makes it justified, never sinned. Did you get that? See, if you really understand the power uh, 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 of the blood of Jesus, when you, when, when you interact the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is so powerful, it makes it as though just if you... It makes it like you've never even did anything wrong in the first place. Now, I mean, that's a good, that's a good deal. How many of you have done some, some skunk things besides me over the years? Huh? How many ever been a skunk? Okay, the rest of you will pray for liars later. (laughs) Anybody ever been, you know what I mean? You've done some bad things. But you know, there's power in that blood, and that blood doesn't just cover sin. It washes it away to the extent that God will never remember it anymore. He chooses to forget it. Praise God. It'll never be remembered. It's just as though we never did it in the first place. Glory to God. It, that blood of Jesus puts us just like we, like Adam was in the garden before he ever sinned. Oh, we got to get a a revelation of that that we can walk up you know the Bible says you cannot approach God the throne of God in heaven apart from the blood but thank God the blood has been shed and we can walk up to that throne see most of us most Christians I'd say 99% of Christians even more than that don't have a revelation of the blood of Jesus and a revelation of the righteousness that the blood of Jesus provides but if you understand the blood of Jesus we can walk up to almighty God himself and we don't have to have any condemnation or any even thought of sin because the blood has cleansed us now that doesn't mean we go up to him haughty i don't know about you but i walk in there uh uh uh, how many remembers last week on the wizard of oz when we had that up there and remember dorothy and the scarecrow and the tin man and the lion they didn't want to go in there did they they, down to see the wizard how many remembers that who they didn't want to go down there remember that Well, I tell you what, you think that was awesome. Think about approaching the throne of God. I tell you what, God makes the Wizard of Oz look like a peanut picker. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? And the power that's at the throne of God and the awesomeness that's at the throne of God, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, we could not approach it. It would obliterate us. But thank God we have the blood of Jesus. Amen. And we can walk up to that throne. I don't know about you. I'm not going in there haughty. I'm not going in there boastfully. Did you understand that? The Apostle Paul says, I'll boast not except in the cross of Christ. I'm not going in there boastfully. I'm going to go in there humbly. I'm going to walk lightly in there around God. How many of you know you don't just slop up around God any way you want? You go in there with respect. Can you say amen? But when you go into that throne room, you can go in there humbly with respect, but you can walk up to the creator of all things. You can walk up there with a consciousness free of sin, and you can walk up there knowing that you belong there because the blood of Jesus gave you the ticket to be there. Glory to God. The Bible says we're joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, that's exciting. That excites me, praise God. See, religion will tell you you got to go around like an old worm. But the revelation of the righteousness that the blood of Jesus provides says that we can walk around as new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. And we can approach God humbly, but yet without that sin consciousness. And we can walk up to the throne of God as though we've never even sinned to begin with. Praise God. Isn't that something? Oh, let's get a revelation. How many of you want the power of God in your life? Then get a revelation of this. The power of God is not in somebody dancing around or running around. The power of God is in having a revelation of what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Boy, I sense the anointing of God. Praise God forevermore. So the power of the cross, the power of the old rugged cross to the sinner. What does the cross mean to the sinner? The cross means to the sinner that they can come with a repentant heart to that old rugged cross and they can approach the old rugged cross laden with sin, laden with iniquity, laden laden with a lostness all about them but they can approach that cross with a repentant heart with a heart that says I'm not going to practice sin anymore I'm going to leave that old life and I'm going to turn my life over to Jesus Christ and the sinner comes to the cross of Christ and, and humbles himself and says Jesus Jesus, come into my heart. And when he does, that blood goes into operation and cleanses that sinner. And he's no longer considered a sinner anymore, but he's considered the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Did you understand what I just said? If you study the Bible, you'll see that when a sinner approaches... The cross of Christ They go up there with a robe The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags When all of us at one time Because we all had to come by the cross Did you know there is no way into heaven uh, Except through the cross of Christ But we all came with the robes That were filthy and ragged and, and, And moth eaten if you will And dirty and filthy But when we came to that cross And we humbled ourselves Before the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ That blood washed our robes and made them white say made them white white." yes the bible says we our robes have been made white through the blood of the lord jesus christ amen and we become a child of god see what the blood of jesus does is it in just one instant of time when we say jesus come into my heart just that fast and we sell ourselves out to him we go from being a child of the devil over to being a child of god amen because of the blood of jesus and I want to tell you something else about a sinner coming to the old rugged cross. You don't just come to the old rugged cross and say a little prayer and then think you can go on living the way you've always lived. That's why. Did you know that there's... I feel impressed to the Spirit of God to say this today. Did you know there's multitudes of people in hell right now that said the sinner's prayer but they never sold themselves out to Almighty God? You don't get saved just by saying some little prayer. You get saved by coming to that cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and humbling yourself and selling your life out to Him. And then when you say that prayer, then the blood of Jesus goes into operation. And the Bible says that old things pass away and all things become new and all things are of God. And then you're a born-again child of God empowered by the Holy Spirit to live righteous. Amen. And then, glory to God, when it comes time to decide between doing something after the world or doing something after God, you want to go after God. Amen? I tell you what, a true Christian, hey, you can love baseball, football, golf, or whatever, but a true Christian never puts that above the service to Almighty God. Now, I lost about 85% of the Christians in this land when I said that right there. I'm here today to tell you, that's why when I call people to Christ, I don't call you to just come say some little prayer. I call you to just like Jesus called people. What did he say to him? He said, come, take up the what? Take up the cross. That means a total surrendering to him. Take up the cross and follow me. Did you hear what I just said? I don't want just a little mamby-pamby sinner prayer Christianity. I want a Christianity that has we've sold ourselves out and we've not just made Him Savior, but we've made Jesus the Lord of our lives. Glory to God. Now, I'm not against a sinner's prayer. But if you don't pray that prayer with a repentant heart and an attitude sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ, all you're doing is saying words. Did you hear what I just said? I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking how do we tap into the power of God. A sinner comes to the cross. I'm selling. I'm not just coming here to get my ticket punched to go to heaven. I'm coming here to sell myself out to you, Lord Jesus, forever. Glory to God. And that's when the blood of Jesus goes into operation. I didn't say you have to be perfect because that brings me to my next point. What about the cross and the Christian? How many of you are saved in here? You've accepted Christ. You're truly born again. If you can't raise your hand, my God, I implore you, before you leave here today, come up and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Did you hear what I just said? But you know, the Bible is clear. The Bible says... That even we as, as Christians, the Bible says in 1st John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. How many of you, have, you've ever missed God and sinned after you were born again? How many of you did it? Now, if you're truly saved when you missed it, there's gonna be, oh, down on the inside. Listen so-called christian if you can sin and there's not oh down on the inside when you miss it I question whether you're saved You need to get saved But how many's ever missed it since they've been saved and there's oh down on the inside Oh, I missed it Well, you need to run to that same cross that same cross that you ran to to get saved in the first place When you as a christian sin run back to that cross cross because the same blood that cleansed you and made you a new creature in Christ Jesus that same blood is for the church that same blood is for the Christian when we miss it we can run to that whole rugged cross with a repentant heart and say oh oh Lord I've missed it I've sinned I talk bad about so and so I gossip I backbit. I, I I lied I cheated I steal whatever, whatever it might be I, you know, and you run there with a repentant heart and say Lord I've missed it, and the Bible says, if we'll come with a repentant heart and say, Lord, now I'm going to walk in, I'm going to to walk after the light now, I missed it there, but now I'm going to walk after the light, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, will cleanse us from all sin, if we'll confess that sin, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us with that blood, and I'm talking to Christians now, when we confess our sins with a repentant heart, that same blood that caused you to become a Christian in the first place washes your sins as a Christian when you miss it washes those sins away and then we have a consciousness that I've it's like you've never did it did you hear what I just said? Do you know there's a lot of Christians in this nation and probably in this church that you walk around, you're saved, you're going to heaven, you've sold out to the Lord, but you've missed it in some area. You struggle in some area and you've even, you've even repented and asked him to forgive you, but you still go around with, oh, I shouldn't have done that three weeks ago. I shouldn't have done that three months ago. I shouldn't have done that three years ago. And all the time, God has chosen to forget it. And if He's done that, you need to do it too. Amen? Praise God forevermore. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? The apostle Paul said for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus the same night which he was betrayed took bread and when he given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance. Realize I say remembrance? Amen. Remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So he's talking about remembering. Remembering what he did through his broken body, remembering what he did through his shed blood. And then he says, for as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Here in just a moment, when we partake of this juice and this bread... We're not only going to be remembering what Jesus did, but as we put these in our mouth and eat and drink, we're going to be proclaiming. Realize, say proclaim. proclaim. Proclaiming what he did. Publicly, we're going to be proclaiming that we're not an enemy of the cross, but that we humbly, humbly, humbly cling to what Jesus did for us on that old rugged cross that word proclaim means to, to preach or pronounce or to project out that we're not ashamed of what he did I don't know about you but I only remember what he did I not only remember what he did but I also I'm not ashamed of what he did Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation And what is the power of God? The power of God is the cross of Christ. The power of God is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we eat this and drink this this morning, let's know that we're remembering him, we're honoring him, but we're proclaiming that we are not an enemy of the cross. Before we approach this table, though, the Bible says, let a person examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Listen to me. Then it goes on to say, if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, here's what I tell you to do. When they pass this around in just a moment from now, if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, just let it go right on by you. And then when I dismiss the service in just minutes from now, there'll be some men and women standing up here. You come up here as quick as you can. If you couldn't raise your hand a while ago when I said, how many Christians, how many of you are Christians? If you couldn't shoot your hand up in the air that quick, my God, I'm pleading with you. When when we dismiss this service in just minutes from now, there'll be some men and women up here. You come as fast as you can. You get saved just as quick as you can. You get up here and pray with them, and they'll lead you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You get born again praise God I'm not asking you to come say a mammy pamby little prayer I'm asking you to walk the aisle and surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ so that you'll miss hell one day and make heaven praise God and then after you do that then you can receive the the juice and the bread Amen? amen and they'll serve it to you but now talking to Christians as they begin come on guys come and begin to pass this out as they do I tell you what let's all stand in the presence of God Come on, fellas, come and pass this out now. This is a holy time in the house of God. Holy time in the house of God. Holy time in the house of God. Holy time. This communion table, go ahead and... uh, Yeah, I've got mine up here. This is a holy time in the house of God. There's scripture I could have said to you and shared with you this morning from the book of... uh, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians... That if this table is not handled properly, it can cause people to die young. Yeah, that's how serious this is. That's how serious this is. This, this is not just a religious little thing we're doing. This is remembering what Jesus did for us. This is proclaiming what he did for us. We need to handle this very reverently and respectfully. Or it could, we could die young. And I mean, that's pretty serious. So this is to be approached. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just saying this is to be approached with all due reverence. Now, Christian, listen to me. If you're here today and there's something in your life that shouldn't be there. Let me tell you what you need to do before you partake of this. You need to judge yourself. You need to examine yourself. And right there where you stand and you can do it just this quick. You, you, you repent in your heart of that thing that's in your life that shouldn't be there. You repent of it. You repent of it. I just, again, hear the Spirit of God saying, it's time for Christians to stop gossiping. It's time for Christians to stop being busy by. See, we always think of the sexual sins. We always think about, about you know, cussing or this kind of stuff or getting drunk. And, and, and we shouldn't do, do those things either. But it's, I mean, I'm t- I hear the Spirit of God in my prayer time again. Christians need to, to stop gossiping and being busy by. Christians need to start minding their own business. Amen? judge yourself judge yourself christians need to stop you know being a being a line of shed uh, spreading gossip and can't wait to get to the email and shoot off an email and and you know that you shouldn't be shooting off you know what i mean you can shoot off an email just like you shoot off your mouth now let's be watchful now let's be watchful Let's be watchful. Let, I'm serious here today what the Spirit of God is saying. We need to judge. I'm talking to Christians now. I'm talking to people going to heaven. Before you partake of this, judge yourself right there where you are. You don't need to confess to me. You confess it to God. Confess it to Him. Just, just right there where you're at. Just, just between you and Him. And repent. Ask Him to forgive you. And He'll forgive you. And then you've examined yourself. You've judged yourself. And then you can partake of the bread and drink of the cup in remembrance of him and in proclamation of what he's done for us hallelujah praise god father we examine ourselves we judge ourselves in any area where we've missed it any area where we've we've missed it we ask you to forgive us we ask you to cleanse us and 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 and, and forgive us of where we've missed it We examine ourselves. We judge ourselves. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God forevermore. Praise God. Father, we thank you for this bread that represents the body of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus that was broken for us so that we can know physical healing and well being in our life. We're just so grateful and so thankful. For his broken body upon that cross. And as we partake of this. We do so in remembrance of what he did. And in proclamation of what he did. And, and we'll go out. Not just proclaim it here in church. Where it's easy to proclaim. But we'll go out among the sinner. And among the heathen. And proclaim it out there. That Jesus is not only savior. But he's also healer. Hallelujah. Now with that in mind. Let's break and eat. Heavenly Father, we also thank you so much for this juice that represents the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we've talked about here today from your holy written word, we've seen that the power is in the blood. And we're just so grateful for this precious, precious blood, the precious blood of Jesus that washes sin away as far as east is from the west. We thank you that the blood of Jesus is powerful for the sinner and it's also powerful for Christians who miss it. We're grateful for the precious blood of Jesus. We partake of this juice today in remembrance of that precious blood, in remembrance of his death upon the cross. And also as a proclamation before these people here today that we're not ashamed of the blood of Jesus. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And we'll not just proclaim it here among the believers in the church where it's easy to proclaim but we'll go out among the sinner and the heathen and proclaim it there that Jesus is still in the saving business, that there's still a heaven to gain through the blood of Christ and a hell to shun. And we'll minister in the love of God. But we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus. Now partake. Hallelujah. Now the ushers will be coming around with a receptacle to collect up the cups And we'll close with this song. At the cross at the cross where I first saw the light